Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reason Sports Network. Make sure to check out fivereasonsports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, reasonsports.com, where you can find all of our other podcasts, including Three Yards Per Carry, which just had its first ever 5,000 download for one episode day, which is uh, fairly impressive after the NFL draft. Hopefully we'll start getting up where we used to be when the NBA season resumes. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Also check out our YouTube channel, our merchandise. We've got 11 heat shirts on the website as well as our Tua shirts, which of course right now are our most popular. And check out previous episodes where we talk a little bit about Tua's number. We're still waiting on that, whether or not he might take Dwayne Wade's three and also whether he can overtake some of the heat stars as the biggest star in South Florida. I want to tell you about one of the great new sponsors of the five reason sports network. They are Greenview construction, but specifically a division of Greenview construction called making America clean. Again, you can find them at MACA Inc.net. That's MACA Inc.net. Now, why is this important? Well, everybody these days is concerned about cleanliness and sterilization. So if you have a business or a property of any kind, you're going to want to have a certificate that shows that it's been cleaned by making America clean again. Again, MacaInc.net. You can get a certificate for bacterial, viral, fungi, mold. Uh, they do all kinds of cleaning treatments. They do overnight and permanent. And also, they, they, they are professional cleaning services. They sanitize, they disinfect, they sterilize, they offer those services to a wide range of residential and commercial property. So get your property properly cleaned by a licensed professional. Get that certificate. Let people know that it's safe. Again, you can find them at macainc.net. That's M-A-C-A-I-N-C.net or 855-561-6653. Again, that's 855-561-6653. And now today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back. I've got Alex Toledo. Like I said, check out. We put out a couple other episodes earlier this week and also an episode of Minding Our Business with Jason Jackson, the Heat sideline reporter, and UM professor Wendy Dees as they get into sort of all the sports business stuff that's going on, um, everything that's being affected by coronavirus, but also uh, what was a really widely watched NFL draft. So the NFL has kind of seeded the stage now. The NBA is not here to take it. Um, right now, Alex, if, this, if things were normal, uh, I think the Heat would be preparing for a second-round series right now. I think they would have finished off Indiana Tuesday night at home, winning 4-1, and they would have been waiting to go to Milwaukee to play the Bucks starting this weekend. Of course, that has not happened. Um, and so there's just conversation about when something might resume. And there have been some developments that seem somewhat positive to me. So let's go through them. Uh, the first one is 
the conversation that started last week about teams, uh, players being able to sort of work out in team facilities individually. So that's out there. The second thing is Pat Riley made a bunch of comments that were put out um, on the Heat social media channels and their website tonight, today, earlier today, about three o'clock, uh, where he talked to Eric Reed. And although he didn't say a season was going to resume, um, he talked like a man who's still very much at work. And I'll, we'll get into some of his comments. And then there was a report that came out that the Board of Governors um, essentially is weighing a proposal to maybe play at Disney's wide world of sports, which if you know Orlando at all, is kind of, it's, it's off the Disney properties a little bit. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere, but they've got a big facility. They used to have, used to be able to go there and actually, you know, kids would play at different things. It's not really like that anymore. It's really more uh, some arena and stadium type stuff, ballpark type stuff. Um, that's again, kind of in the middle of nowhere uh, and a good place for maybe the players to congregate and play. Are you more encouraged based on that based on some of the things that we've heard about places starting to open up, that there will be some form of a season. Yeah. And I think we talked about this and I was already kind of feeling that way. Cause I think all parties involved, it, it, they would benefit by trying to make it happen. Right. Will it happen? Like how realistic it is? I don't know. But the fact that they're, you know, doing everything they can to make it happen. Like it, it looks like it's basically become a priority, right. For anybody involved with pro basketball right now with the NBA. It's like everybody's just trying to get the season back on and they will go and try all types of things as we're finding out now. And uh, you said that you were familiar with that campus in Orlando that they might uh, use. Apparently it has like three different facilities there so that they would have, uh, you know, multiple teams playing at the same time. So you can tell that they're really trying to like go through the logistics. And I think it's become their main priority is having get, getting the season back. Players, owners, everybody wants it. Well, and they need to have it mostly because TV wants it. And, you know, that, that's the big thing that's not being discussed as much is that it's not surprising to me that it's Bob Iger at Disney who's offering this property because who on the TV side has the most to lose right now? Disney, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Disney, you know, has put out Disney Plus, but also uh, ESPN in terms of being part of cable packages. You know, look, if... <laughs> If, if they don't get paid, then the, the league doesn't get paid. <laughs> That's how this works. And, and we're headed for a big transformation with all this stuff anyway, but it's going to happen faster now. I talked to a friend of mine who's in the media business. He's pretty high up. And he basically said, all the things you thought were going to happen 10 years from now are going to happen two years from now. That, that all of this has been accelerated. And so they need to play for TV purposes. It's not really about putting fans in the stands. It's about getting out there and putting a product on television. And I think what we saw this past weekend with the NFL draft is that people will watch. They have nothing else to do. The NFL draft numbers were up like 30%. It's not just because of Tua and Burrow. It's because there was no alternative for months. I mean, look at what's happening with the last dance, right? We've talked about that in a couple yep. of podcasts. So there's a need for content and there's a need to, to supply content and there's a need for Disney to have content. And Disney can kind of come in here and save the day right now. And so I do think there's a motivation to play something. I don't know what it's going to be, but I do think there's a motivation to play something. And so Disney makes more sense to me. Orlando makes more sense to me than Vegas. Um, Vegas to me is a terrible spot to do this. And, and I've covered summer leagues. You've covered summer leagues. 
Uh, I mean, they obviously could do it at the Thomas and Mack Center. They could do it at the, what is it, the Cox Pavilion that's next door. They could do it at the T-Mobile Arena. I mean, they have three buildings. They that would be very same. close quarters, though. Like it, it would be very close quarters. That's problematic. And also, Vegas, look, the, the, the crazy mayor of Vegas has been wanting to open up already. But when they start to open up, I mean, they're offering deals to go to Vegas now, like 99 bucks for the week. Like, once Vegas opens, Vegas is going to be crowded because it's going to be so cheap. And I think to put the players in that kind of environment right now doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. The NBA has always been wary of Vegas anyway other than Summer League. Remember that whole thing of the All-Star game and everything that was kind of caused out there? It, it, I, I don't think that they're going to go to Vegas. I think Orlando makes more sense. I think some kind of a – my only question, Alex, is do you bring everybody back for this? I mean, do you bring the Chicago Bulls and the Atlanta Hawks and the Sacramento – well, Sacramento is kind of in the chase, but – the Phoenix Suns back for this, like, why? What is the, what is the per- I, I, to me? It's just you just start the playoffs, right? Like wherever you are. Oh, well, it's tough. Yeah, like you would you would want that just to kind of get through it, right? And, and uh, you know, they, they still played a good amount of games where you have a large enough sample of who the best teams are and who's better than who. But there, there's there's so many teams that are just outside the Western playoffs that really felt like, you know, we just lost our chance at entering the playoffs like you're looking at the Blazers who were in the Western Conference Finals last year versus the Warriors and are now out the Grizzlies are the eighth seed so you're gonna have plenty Mm -hmm. of teams I think that are gonna be uh fighting for their right for the to enter the playoff race whereas the East is just like everybody that's outside the eighth seed is pretty much tanking right but even (laughs) or as close to tanking as you can get without tanking but even in the West, wasn't it like three and a half games difference? I haven't checked in so long. I thought it wasn't like three and a half games difference between the Grizzlies and anybody else. I mean, my, my argument would be you had 60-something games. Like, I, I don't – I mean, that was the length of the, of the lockout shortened season a few years ago, uh, 2011. I, I think you had enough time. Like, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't make the case that they have to make it. I, I think everybody has kind of realized that the circumstances are different now. I don't yeah. even know that some of these teams would want to come back. Um, I, you know, I, to me, if you do it at, at, at Disney, you can have the kind of training camps that you want to have. You have got teams rotate. They're kind of used to this. I mean, even in Vegas, you know, there were like 20 squads out there this past year. Like, so if you had 16 in Orlando, you could probably make this happen. There's plenty of hotel space that's kind of sequestered up there. I, I think you can make it work. Um, but again, I don't know what form it's going to take, but I think you can make it work. And I also think the NBA is going to feel pushed to come back because the NFL is sort of priming to at least try to get its season ready as close on time. Golf is coming back. Tennis is coming back. I think there, and, and now there's a report about baseball coming back, where they've actually got a new division realignment that they would work out. So I, I think that there's going to be a push. I know I've been one of the most negative people. People have called me out on this about Twitter. Uh, This is the week, though, Alex, that I got the sense that maybe things might be starting to turn a little bit. I mean, I think we're going to have another wave, but at least right now, and I think we're going to regret it, but I do think that that some of these people are are going to put put the players back out there without fans. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It seems like that's what we're headed for at this point. I don't know how soon it'll be, but... (laughs) <laughs> they're really trying. They're trying. They're, they're darn just right now to make it happen. Yeah, and, and so I, I think that something may end up happening. All right, after the break, uh, we're going to talk a little about Pat Riley. I, I want to get to some of these comments that he had today. Again, nothing that the Heat put out on their channels is unscripted. Okay, <laughs> There's a reason that they put stuff out there. Um, they want to stay – I think right now their whole idea is to stay connected with the public. They've been really good, like, providing content. 
Um, they had Shaq on there the other day. They had Cole and they had Chalmers. And, you know, now today they put out the second part of an interview with Pat Riley. So we'll talk about that in a second. But first, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Again, in these times, nobody wants to talk about this, but you probably need to, which is bankruptcy, which is one of the few laws that exist to actually help consumers. So go check out the website, bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. That's bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. The phone number is 954-678-8354. That's 954-678-8354. 8354. An attorney will answer your call. They represent South Florida, but also Orlando, Tampa, and Fort Myers. And they offer consultations on telephone, but also on video conference, which is important these days. The new stimulus package just made some important changes to the bankruptcy laws. So it's important to have an attorney explain the changes. Don't try to figure it out on your own. They've got payment plans. They've got little to no upfront fees. They can help you or anyone you know, even if you're lucky enough to make it through this with no financial problems, chances are you know someone who isn't that lucky. They can help at Gonzalez and Tybor. Even before the pandemic, a lot of people were carrying a lot of debt and living paycheck to paycheck. Bankruptcy can help them get a chance to start fresh. It doesn't ruin your credit. It can even increase your credit. And if property values drop, bankruptcy can use to modify or eliminate mortgages. So go to bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. Again, that's 954-678-8354. All right, let's get back to the Pat Riley comments today. Let me let me give them to you here. Um, again, he came out and, and spoke. He said, quote, we have, we had a very, had, had, Uh, A very, very good basketball team. Very well coached, and I think we proved it on the court night in and night out. We overcame some adversity, some injuries. When that happened, next man up. That's one of uh, Eric's sayings. I I think he said Spo. That's one of Spo's sayings. I think we were, um, he said, 41 and 24, something along those lines, and headed to home court advantage in the playoffs. It was a great year. I'm really disappointed that we haven't seen the finish, especially after we made the trade where we brought in Andre Guadala, Solomon Hill, and Jay Crowder. I thought that was going to give us a little bit of an edge going into the playoffs. And then he continued to say, for all of us, when we started the season, we thought we had something good, especially when we had the opportunity to sign Jimmy Butler. We didn't really know how great Tyler Harrow, Kendrick Nunn, or Duncan Robinson, Chris Silva at times, and a lot of our young guys, Derek Jones Jr. And having Goron and having Jimmy Butler and having Bam, who has been around three years, and having Myers Leonard and his infectious personality and Kelly Olenek. For all intents and purposes, I'm so happy that we turned a lot of things around and we found the right players, the right mix of pick and roll players, guys that can play post, can post up, and really found a couple of guys that can shoot the ball, really shoot the ball. So we're happy for that, and we're really optimistic about moving forward into the future with these players. And then finally, he said that the Heat would take a wait-and-see approach in free agency. That's up in the air. We don't even know what's going to happen right now. We, we know it's July 1. It may not still be July 1, by the way. Andy and I are probably doing more machinations on the probabilities. You have to remember we have six or seven free agents ourselves, but we also have nine other players that are under contract and guys we really like. So we'll continue to sort of create possibilities. What can possibly happen? We don't know what the cap number really is going to be, but we feel confident that the cupboard is full. And what I mean by full is that we do have a lot of very good young players that have proven they can play at a real high level in this game and they're fearless. And yes, we're very concerned about our pending free agents. We like all of our players. And so we, we go, get to that time, we'll know what direction we want to go in. And finally, I don't have much patience. You know me. I want to build another championship team, and we're close. Maybe we need another player. Maybe we need less. I don't know. The point is that we're right there, and we're a contender, and I'm proud of that. 
Um, and again, uh, thanks to, I'm reading this from the Herald article, so thanks to Anthony Chang for transcribing all of that. Do you make anything of any of it? Uh, well, yeah, I think he basically is the guy who is the face of the organization right now. Like you said, they're trying to connect to the public, and he's the guy who's just going to give the State of the Union address while we're all quarantined. You know people will watch, uh, and I think that's it's a good way for them to basically – uh, re-emphasize just how ahead of schedule they are and what they proved this year. And, you know, uh, we're, let's, let's reiterate to you guys again, what, what happened this year? We got Duncan Robinson, who basically was the best shooter in the, in the NBA all year. You got Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn who are pretty much ahead of schedule. Uh, Bam is even more ahead of schedule than, than I think anybody thought he was. And it's like, yeah, of course we're going to put out some extra positive messaging for you guys to think about. And, and and I think it was good that they uh, brought up the free agency thing or that they responded to it because it shows you that what, what we've been talking about is that it's uh, important to them because of all the guys that they have. And it's like everything just. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Got paused and, and they're just kind of in wait and see mode too. But other than that, it just felt like a state of the union where they went over a lot of the positives, right? They talked about how good the that like their economy is going, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, and look, I, just to clarify on some of this stuff, you know, I did have a conversation with somebody in the front office last week who, who told me some of what Pat said was a little more specific. You know, they feel they're well positioned for the cap, not because they know what it is, but because if they have less, so does everybody else, right? So, so it's like, it's not like uh, we've talked a lot about what well, can they still get Giannis, you know, can they still get this guy? Can they still get that guy? But again, other teams are going to have less money too. I think one of the things that may happen, particularly with their free agents, I think we've speculated that maybe more guys might stay put. After having the conversation with the person inside the building, I was told that may not be the case. And, and the reason for that is that you may not be able to want to afford certain guys on your roster, but other, guy, other teams may not be able to afford their player. And there may be a player who sort of squeezes out and is available in a trade or maybe available – uh, for your mid-level, right, that you didn't expect to be available. And remember, everybody's going to have less money. The mid-level's going to go down. But there's also some question, will the cap hit, the luxury tax hit, all come next year? I know one thing that's been discussed internally in the league is that it could be spread out over a few seasons, maybe, so there's a little bit less of a hit. Um, and this comes after the cap was already reduced because of Daryl Morey's comments, right? So I think you have all of this, you know, together, and, and you kind of figure out, you know, how it works. And I don't think the heat are poorly positioned. In other words, I don't think we need to throw out everything we said before, but it may not look exactly the same. And some of that may also come down to your own free agents because Alex, maybe you were planning on keeping Crowder and Leonard and Dragic and Derek Jones Jr. But now you're thinking this guy, they're looking at the whole board and they're thinking maybe there's a guy in Denver or a guy somewhere else that may be available to them that wasn't before. And so I think we need to look at this thing totally differently. The other thing we need to look at, and I've sort of been the only person talking about this, but I'm watching CNBC today, and Carnival basically got a bailout, okay? 
Uh, I know some people aren't thrilled about that, but I mean, that's a political argument, which I try to refrain from on here. Um, but, you know, at first, you know, Mickey basically, you know, or Carnival, like Mickey part of it, obviously, he's, he's still, he's not running the whole show now, but he's still on the board. Um, that essentially they, they got the Saudis to take, uh, I think, a percentage, you know, at I think 8% of the company. And then after that, there was a bailout where it's actually worth more now than the Saudis have already made money on it course through the Saudis. So they've already made money on it. I, I saw it close at like $15, $16. There's nowhere near it was. But a lot of this will play into what the heat can do, I believe. I, I think if, if Carnival stock is still under 20 bucks, it makes it a little bit harder for Mickey to invest in the basketball business. So, or at least maybe not the average person won't think so, but, but the way that this plays out. So I, I guess looking at all of it, do you see them maybe doing some things differently than we thought they were going to do? I mean, uh, depending on how nice this bailout is for Mickey, right? If they're willing to go into a luxury tax just a little bit, why not bring back all four guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that proud of your team, just bring everybody back on a, uh, you know, a, a, sh- a one-year deal if, they, if they, they're really about the team like that. Like, I think Goran would do it, but I bet he would want a bigger deal. So I, we would have to look into the type of, uh, you know, maneuvers they would have to do in the order that they sign guys. Who even knows if they will be able to sign all four guys, depending on what they want, right? But uh, if you're really that proud of your team, bring everybody back. But it, it seems like you know something, though. It seems like you know something about may, maybe they'll, they'll they'll skip a couple costs and, and look elsewhere. Well, it's not so much that I know what they're going to do. I just know that some other possibilities have been put on the table. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I don't know what direction they're going to go because they don't know what direction they're going to go because the league doesn't know what direction it's going to go. They don't know what the cap's going to be. Um, they don't know who's going to be available on other teams. But as you know, they always have a plan after the plan after the plan, right? And they've had to go to those many times. There's great confidence in the money people, particularly Ellisburg, but others who work with them to try to figure out a solution. And essentially the big difference, as it's always put to me, between Pat and between other executives around the league is this is the way the heat view it. Anyway, a lot of other executives around the league say, do we have the cap space to get this guy? Okay. And if they say no, okay, we move on. All right. The heat say, what guy's going to want to play for us? All right, let's figure out the cap space. (laughs) And that's different. Now I'm not saying they're the only ones who've done that. David Griffin got LeBron by dumping some players that week, right? We knew something was happening right in Cleveland. So other teams do it too, but a lot and more savvy than used to be, but not all of them are the heat where they just kind of, it's always about, this is the guy who wants to be here. It always starts there. We think this guy wants to play for us. Okay. Now let's figure out, how to deal with the different machinations to make this thing work. And maybe we can't, but most times they have. And that's different. It would be interesting if the, one of the options you're talking about, uh, last name rhymes with meal. Well, I mean, look at it this way. Hmm. He, I mean, he, that, that name hasn't been mentioned to me specifically that I didn't talk names with anybody, but everybody knows. I mean, the, the NBA is not the NFL. It's not, a, I mean, in the NBA, you know who the stars are. Right? There's, no, there's no dispute, right? Like in the NFL, you might like a certain defensive end over a certain defensive end. There's so many positions. So the NBA is pretty simple, right? The NBA is just 
okay, this guy, I mean, that's the easy part of Pat's job, right? Like that's the part that people kind of, you know, they look at him and say, well, he's not that smart. I mean, yes, LeBron, you got, he's good. You're going to want to get, I mean, that's not talent evaluation, right? Talent evaluation is what Adam Simon and Chet Kammerer and Keith Askins and some of the scouts have done to sort of, you know, bring in the Duncan Robinsons and the Kendrick Nuns of the world. Yeah. I mean, their whole roster for the most part now, right now, but, but typically it has just been Zoe. Yeah. He's good. <laughs> Let's go get Zoe. Like there's no question. I mean, there, there was no dispute like whether Zoe was going to be an elite defensive center. He already was. It's not that it's, this isn't about identifying talent at the top level. It's about, making your organization attractive to that talent and then creating the economic conditions to bring in that talent. Now, the mistake that the Heat made over a two-year period was they took away those economic financial conditions, right? They made it impossible for the talent to come. Like, it wasn't hard to identify Kevin Durant, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Aldridge were players you'd want in your organization. The hard part was, okay, figuring out how to make that work financially. But they came up with some ideas and they almost got LaMarcus, and they almost got Durant, kind of, and they were second on Gordon Hayward. So I'm saying that their whole idea is we know who's good. Okay, Bradley Beal is not good. He's great. Now, how can we make our situation attractive? And, you know, he's a free agent in 2021. We've talked about it. He couldn't be traded this year anyway. Well, if this year ends, he can be traded. He was clearly miserable in Washington. So I do think things are going to open up to them. I think the way Pat's talking about his young players, he likes them, but I don't know that he loves them. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I thought he loved Karan. <laughs> he loved Lamar after that one year. He loved the prospect of Shaq Moore. So I, I just think we have to look at them in a different space. I also think, you know, I also think, Alex, that, they are, they've always sort of, since they've ascended, they've kind of looked askance at the Dolphins, kind of like they're the Dolphins. I mean, you get, I told you the angriest that somebody inside the organization ever got with me was when I compared the Heat to the Dolphins in a column during the 16, 17 stuff. Yeah. But I do think that they have to take notice of what's going on there now that you have another organization that's going to be competing for marketing dollars like they should have been all along, is going to be competing for eyeballs. You're going through a pandemic. You don't know if people are going to come buy your tickets anyway. And now you've got a more legitimate threat in what is, we've talked about this on two episodes now, kind of a dormant, but you know, football town to some degree. And, and I, so I think that if the heat can make another splash to counter the splash, Riley would have done it anyway, but I think it'll be even more attractive to do that now. So I like how you're always putting the two against each other. And yes, because it seems like you obviously are giving information where they, they maybe, I mean, he don't like being compared to the Dolphins and, and they know that they're the more successful franchise and more competent. And the Dolphins, you know, they, they don't even want to be mentioned in the same league as the Dolphins. But you're here like, no, no, the Heat are going to get Bradley Beal and it's going to be to spite the Dolphins. <laughs> well, it's not going to be to spite them, but it's, it's not. And the whole basketball town the basketball, thing. The basketball, well, it's not, well, look, that stirred it up today because I made the point, and we've talked about this, on, you know, I made the point on Twitter that the, the, I, don't, I don't like the football town, basketball town thing because I really think it's two different towns. I, I think that there's, there's a younger, more diverse 
demo for the Heat than there is for the Dolphins. And those demos can both exist and there can be crossover. But I, I do think that the Heat have carved out their niche with young people. Now, Tua, as we've discussed, is somebody who has crossover appeal. So I think he's going to resonate in all ways, provided he plays and is good, which we don't know yet. But I, I, I'm not saying you get Bradley Beal despite the Dolphins, but I am saying that the Heat's MO anyway is to get the star. Yep. And now you're going to have a situation where you have actual star power possibly uh, to the north of you. And I just think that it, it, it emphasizes it even more. But I think the bigger point is with Riley's comments, he was kind of talking like the season was over, which was a little discouraging. But I don't know that the season is over. And I just know that whenever he talks about his young players publicly, he talks about guys that are tradable. <laughs> it, it's about it's about more than just what they're providing on the court. It's what they could provide to get a championship. And like he said in there, you know, I'm not patient. Yes. So sp- I was literally about to ask that. So a lot yeah. of people took that a certain way. And then you come on here saying that maybe we should be looking at them a different way. So now I'm starting to think, I don't know. Maybe they're getting they're they're, they're getting. It sounds like they're getting pretty confident. And when I saw those comments that Pat made. It almost made me think, hmm, was that a backtrack when he was like, oh, maybe we need a little more. Oh, maybe we need a little bit less. And then he said, you know, you know, I'm impatient. I'm trying to win right now. Like I, I was I was trying to figure out what he was saying there. <laughs> you think I had anything to do with the young players or? I, I don't know. I mean, he threw them out there a little bit. It doesn't mean he's got a trade in the works, but I just I, I think that coronavirus and this delay uh, has done a few things in the sports world. And I think one of the things it's it's made people realize is that when you have a chance, you have to take advantage of it because something can just uh, can come along. And I think, you know, Pat's known that anyway. Uh, I mean, that was the whole thing. I think there's regret about not sort of doing enough to keep LeBron here before LeBron left. And, you know, when you have an opportunity, you have to strike. Okay. And, you know, Riley did that in 2005, as much as I didn't like the moves at the time, he did it in 2010. But now it's, I think it's been, again, emphasized that, Coronavirus shows everything, everything you plan can blow up. Okay. So why wait? Okay. And so I, I think, again, he was going to be aggressive anyway, but now I think there's a need to be more aggressive or at least a pull to be more aggressive and especially to kind of take care of, uh, you know, whatever fans you have that are still holding on to you, which I think a lot of them are. And, and also you don't know what it's going to look like with fans in the stands or anything else. And how are you going to create buzz? How are you going to create an attraction when you can't sell jerseys in the arena? I mean, there's, there's a whole different thing that you got to deal with now. And I think their marketing departments are dealing with it. The business department's dealing with it. Um, and the personnel side is dealing with it and the media side is dealing with it because they've been much more open. And, uh, I mean, I've always had, you know, look, I have a lot of respect for what they do and what they've done. It's been the same group basically for 20 plus years, but they've been very, uh, cooperative with the media uh, in a way that sometimes, you know, they cannot be, um, you know, during the course of a season. And so I, I think they recognize that they need to do everything they can to retain the people that they have, the fans that they have, while also marketing to more. And I think that's what this whole crisis has, has again, I keep using this word, emphasized. I don't think it's the first time they felt this way, but Shit, make the move, right? If you can make the move, make the move. And, and I think there'll be maybe a little bit more willingness to part with a guy that maybe you wouldn't have been before while looking at the whole landscape of the league. People so. who didn't like the Justice Winslow trade would love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, well, right, right. I mean, 
I, you know, justice is a whole nother situation. But I mean, mentioning Iguodala and Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder, I mean, uh, you know, Pat may never got a ch- may get a chance to validate that trade. We don't know, right? And so, I, you know, I understand. It's always next season, better. I guess. Well, right. For at least two, well, one of them. Right? One of them, I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, Hill and Crowder may not be here as much as the, I think they'd like Crowder to be here. So I, I just think all of this plays into it. I think we've talked before about how it might affect other guys around the league. If, if the Bucks don't get a chance to win a championship this year, does that convince Giannis to stay a year from now? Does it convince him to go because it's one more year that, you know, one more chance at a title he didn't have? Anthony Davis, is he more likely to stay in L.A.? So all of these things have been affected by the crisis. But I thought it was interesting Pat came out today and talked about some of the guys he did without giving too much away. Um, also, the great thing about the, uh, there's no great thing about this crisis, but one of the good things from a sports perspective is you could just talk about the season in totality. It was a great season. Spo did a great job. The players did great, 41 and 24, and forgetting that you blew a 30-point lead at home to Charlotte the last game of the season, and, and that you, you pretty much looked like trash for like the two weeks before that, right? But nobody remembers now. It's just, it's just the totality of the year. So any final thoughts before we put a bow on this one? Uh, no, not really. Heater ahead of schedule, something we've been saying all season long. We we got some more of that. Yeah, they are ahead of schedule. Um, unfortunately, coronavirus killed the schedule. Anyway, yeah, we'll have a – Destroyed the schedule. Destroyed the schedule. They're now back at – right at even. They've broken even with the schedule after being ahead of the schedule thanks to the coronavirus. That's right. And Tyler Hero is now 28 years old. When we, we started the quarantine, he was 19. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back again later in the week. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.